All right, everyone, welcome to the Toasty Kettle Podcast, where we help you connect with the past through food. My name is James, and I'm your host. Today is episode 62. Now, before I dive into the special guest we have on the show today, I want to take a moment to invite you to leave a five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. The more reviews we get, the more visible the show is going to be for other people makes it easier for more people to find the show. So it's much appreciated. Now for today's show. Today we're going to talk with Jason Jendusa. He's the fourth generation owner of Jendusa Bakery in New Orleans. This iconic bakery has deep ties to the history of the po' boy sandwich in New Orleans. When I did the show on po' boys a few weeks ago, I knew I had to get Jendusa Bakery on the show. With that introduction out of the way, here's Jason. I'm Jason Jendusa. Um, I'm the fourth generation to run John Jendusa Bakery um, down here in New Orleans, Louisiana. And uh, we make the original poor boy bread for all the poor boy sandwiches in the city. That's awesome. So fourth generation. Uh, John Jendusa, he started the bakery. Uh, what kind of a person was he and what led him to starting the bakery? Well, un- unfortunately I, you know, obviously didn't, you know, have a relationship with him. Um, from what I heard, he was, you know, a, a hard worker, um, couldn't sit still. And his love for, you know, the bakeries went back to when he was a child in Sicily and, over there in, in Italy, there were, you know, corner bakeries everywhere. You know, you couldn't, you couldn't go five steps without seeing a bakery. Right. Um, it just always, you know, intrigued him. And, you know, he actually, the bakery morphed from uh, a grocery store. That's what he um, first purchased when he, when he got down here to New Orleans. And the grocery store turned into making bread and eventually into you know, no more groceries and just a bakery. Was he more interested in the bakery than the grocery business then? Or did I mean, it just I, kind of evolve I, into that? Yeah, I think, um, you know, I, I think he, you know, was always, you know, going for that, the bakery. Maybe that was his way to get the fo- his foot, you know, into the door with, you know, food and, and goods for people. And then, you know, it quickly evolved, and so it, it it didn't take long. So I think the the whole idea was eventually to turn it into a bakery. Mm-hmm. As a bakery, <laughs> obviously making loaves of bread, um, the Martin brothers come onto the scene, and uh, Martin brothers uh, a lot of times they're credited with creating the the po' boy sandwich as as we know it today. Uh, just a giant sandwich. You know, obviously they had uh, oyster sandwiches and shrimp sandwiches before uh, the Martin brothers came along, but they really, I guess, jumbo sized it. Um, And Jendusa was right at the center of that with the Martin brothers. Can you tell me a little bit more about that from Jendusa's perspective? Right. So what, to give you a little backstory on what they would make sandwiches on before is it was called um, an old style, like French bread. And mm-hmm. it was pointy on the end and really fat in the middle. And so what happened is 
before the streetcar strike that made the the poor boy sandwich famous, um, you know, Martin Brothers was buying that from our bakery. And if you and me went to lunch one day, I may have gotten a little skinny tapered end that my sandwich was made on, and you might have gotten the middle of the bread, which was, you know, a nice size and had some volume to it. And, you know, I'd probably be looking at your food, wondering what, what's wrong with this <laughs> picture here. And, um, you know, it was just a very <laughs> inconsistent loaf to make a sandwich on. Sure. So, you know, the Martin brothers, um, you know, spoke with my you know great-grandfather about this issue. And it just so happened that, you know, again, this his love for bakeries in, in Italy, he was so always used to seeing, you know, this long uniform loaf of bread. And so he knew right away what he what he what he could do. And um, you know, he started making that and selling that to the Martin brothers. And now everybody had the same size sandwich, same width, same length, you know, so there was there was no bickering at the table anymore. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, you would think, uh, you know, obviously sandwiches were a thing uh, long before uh, Jindusa Bakery got its start. And uh, you would think that this would be something that other bakeries were were doing. Is Was this unique to Jindusa at the time? Yeah, the what really made it more unique was anything was the length of it. It was, it was 30, actually, I think back then it was 38 inches long, which was, um, you know, even, even today in the, in the bread industry, that's still a very unusual length to make a piece of bread. Mm-hmm. You know, people are more into, you know, smaller size, like sub sandwiches, sub rolls that are eight to 10 inches long. So mm-hmm. even when I talk to, you know, people at, at like bakery shows and all there's they're still like, they're like, how long is it? You know, they, they're amazed that, you know, we're making such a long, you know, piece of bread. So even back a hundred years ago, that's what made it unique. Well, well, you know, we obviously had bread and sandwiches, but to have a piece of bread that you could get four to five, you know, sandwiches out of, um, that's what made it, you know, distinctive, you know, to Gendusa. Mm-hmm. And in turn, that gave the Martin Brothers something unique that they could continue to sell, which in turn sent more business your way, right? Exactly. So let me give you a quick um, back to the Martin Brothers and, and the Poor Boy Sandwich. So, and you probably heard this story when you're doing your, your last you know, research on your podcast, mm-hmm. but what, what would happen, the Martin Brothers were big you know, streetcar workers before they got their restaurant and when the streetcar workers went on strike in the early 20s um they would come see benny and clovis you know because they knew them and when they would come into the the restaurant you know the people behind the counter would say here comes another poor boy which you know they would feed him for free because they weren't working and Mm -hmm. that's how the sandwich you know got its name poor boy and which in turn, in typical New Orleans fashion, we've shortened it to po' boy nowadays, you know. Sure. Um, <laughs> you know, and uh, but but that's how the, the the sandwich got its name. You know, it, it's actually a poor boy sandwich, not a po' boy sandwich. You know? mm-hmm. So that that's pretty um pretty cool cool way of how how it got its origins as well. And um, you know, so so back to your question about you know, the, the growth of our business after this, um, 
it eventually came to that, you know, now everybody, you know, was on board, especially after the streetcar strike was over and things were back to normal and people were making money. Um, that my great grandfather's brother actually branched off and had to open up another bakery. And, um, that was, that was called Angelo Gendusa bakery. Mm-hmm. And he serviced just the French corner and okay. John Gendusa was servicing, you know, the, the other parts of the city and, um, you know, Chalmette, the out, the outlining parishes also. So yeah, the, the bakery definitely, you know, grew very, very fast after that. Okay. So, um, and maybe we can get to this in a minute, but if I, if I come to New Orleans and I eat a, uh, a poor boy sandwich, po' boy sandwich, um, is there a good chance it's going to be your bread or are there a lot of other uh, bakeries in the game right now? So what's going on with, with, uh, and I'm not sure how this is around the country, but in New Orleans, we're down to just two French bread bakeries. Um, there's Leidenheimer and Gendusa. And, you know, we, we service, you know, 99% of the business in the city and the outlining parishes. Mm-hmm. Um, some people use frozen bread and you have your little, like very small mom and pop stores that might make, you know, a loaf of French bread, mm-hmm. um, but not to the volume that we do. And the reasoning to that is just, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a tough industry to be in. It's, you know, literally seven days a week, 365 days a year, usually 20 to 24 hours a day. And that's why nobody is really kind of, I mean, it's a perfect market for somebody new to come in and introduce, a, a, you know, try to make a French bread and, and, mm-hmm. and sell it. But just, a, it's not an ideal business to, to get into unless, you know, I guess unless you're born into it, like I was, you know, um, sometimes I think I'm a little crazy for doing this myself. So, <laughs> <laughs> but, but no, I mean, it's, it's either going to be Leidenheimer or Gendu. So that's, that's the two that are left. Right. Well, you make it sound so appealing. I, you know, I might have to come down there and, and open up a bakery, right? <laughs> uh, I'll even help you, James. <laughs> you, you'll be running so fast. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I can, uh, you know, that's one thing that is just incredible about uh, the industry as a whole, like restaurant industry as a whole. Um, people pour their heart and soul into the business and, uh it takes more than just I want to open a bakery, you know, to be successful with it, right? Oh, no question. I mean, you know, I tell people I've been doing this full time for twenty years now, and you know, I'm still learning things. You know, so it's it's not it's something that you can't just read a book on and say I'm going to go do it, which I'm sure is the same as cooking, you know, and running a restaurant or, or with most businesses. I mean, you need you need some sort of background. It would have to be something where, you know, somebody who's worked in the industry for 10, 15 years and, you know, knows what to do would have to branch off and go do their own thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, again, on the flip side, a lot of people that work in this industry realize the hours and the time. So maybe they're a little more happy just, you know, having their own little job and not having to run the whole bakery themselves. Right. But, um, Right. Yeah, it's, uh, we, we had, it's been about three years, one of the bigger bakeries in the city, you know, they, they shut down. And ever since then, you know, it's, our, our growth has been, you know, phenomenal on, 
you know, until the COVID thing hit. But um, <laughs> with, yeah, that with, thing, right? With <laughs> yeah, um, you know, but but yeah, it's 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 a good question you ask because a lot of I mean, it's a lot of people asking that they're like, man, that's just you know, this seems like somebody else should try to come in and get in on the action. But I just I don't know. I don't think I don't think anybody's really too you know, keen on doing that at this point. Sure. Absolutely. Um, now, so you have John Jandusa, he starts the thing. How does it get handed down to you and your involvement? So, so the start from, you know, we had my great grandfather, John, um, you know, my grandfather was Emmanuel Jandusa and he actually, ended up taking over the bakery when he was extremely young. Um, and I mean, you could do things like this, you know, 67 years ago, but you know, I believe mm-hmm. he was like 13 years old when he started running the bakery. Um, oh, wow. he, you know, dropped out of school. Yeah. But you had good, you know, employees who, who basically ran the place. He was just more the, the face of it, you know? And, um, sure. he, he ran it, you know, all the way until, you know, my father, who, when he got out of school, he actually didn't want to work in the bakery. He went and did some other odd end jobs and eventually, you know, led his way back to the bakery. And, um, you know, he ran it for you know, about 30 years. And then when I got, I finished college in 2000 and I started running it right after that. And um, he still, my, my father still, you know, works with me. Sometimes, you know, he'll come mm-hmm. around and help out. So he's still involved in it somewhat. But, um, you know, that's, that, that's how it's gotten down to me through those, you know, three generations. Mm-hmm. Now, was there family pressure for you to, to get involved in the business or is it something that you wanted to do? Maybe um, a little bit of both. Well, I, um, so, well, so actually the family pressure was, was like my fault. My father actually, you know, made, he's like, you can't, get into the bakery business till you go to college, get a degree and see if it's really what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so, but I knew all along what I wanted to do. Um, but he, there really wasn't any pressure on his end. Um, which, you know, I don't know if that's unusual for a family business or not, but, um, you know, I definitely had my own path. I could, I could choose, but like I said, I knew all along, I was going to do it. Um, I mean, I grew up in it. I just, it's just, I guess it's in my blood, you know, I just always knew I was going to, going to be here. Sure. Sure. And, you know, I'm sure I'll do the same thing with my kids, you know, no pressure at all. I mean, it's, it's a very, like, like we talked about earlier, it's, it's a demanding business and you got to give 110% to it. Um, so it's, it's might not be for, you know, something everybody wants to do. Right, right. Now, with your grandfather who took over, was uh, the phase of the business at 13, dropped out of school to to do that, do you run the business differently than than he did, and, and what's changed? So we, we still do a lot of things that were done, you know, 99 years ago. And, you know, the formula is still the same. With a few, you know, I mean, things have changed over the years, but, um, you know, we, we keep it as, 
you know, straightforward as it was from day one to, to now. Um, you know, the biggest thing I did when, when I kind of had control was I more took the bakery into the 20th century, like, you know, automation, computers, um, just kind of updated it. You know, it was kind of, in that sense, maybe lagging 10, 20 years behind the times, you know. Um, you know, a lot of things are still done by hand, which was very, you know, inefficient for as far as payroll-wise. Um, a lot of the office work was, you know, just, I mean, hand receipts everywhere. You know, it took you, you know, a day to find something if you needed it. Um, <laughs> so a lot of that I've tried to, you know, evolve into, you know, more automated as far as the production line and, you know, more streamlining in the office, you know, for, for ease of, you know, finding things and stuff like that. But, um, as far as the overall business, um, I guess that old adage, if it's not broke, don't fix it type of thing is, is kind of, you know, where, where I'm following as long as, as far as the, um, you know, recipe and the, and the product, you know, it's, it's still pretty much the same as it was when they first started making it. I love that. Um, one thing I always love to talk about with with a family business like this is, you know, each generation, they have their mark on the business. We're all different individuals and we have different uh, ideas and passions and pursuits and we want to run it our way. Uh, so modernizing it, that's one way. Um, with the bread, have you added products or changed any products you know obviously you have your your french loaf that's the staple what else do you guys do we do um a muffalata bread um if you're familiar with that that's a very you know popular italian sandwich down here in new orleans um you know that's that got its start you know back 80 years ago as well um it's been around a while so we make we make different sizes of those with that it's a it's a big round bun with seeds on it. Um, mm -hmm. you, you familiar with a muffalata? No, I'm not. I was going to ask if you could share a little oh, bit about okay. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What that is, um, so it's it's a big like nine inch bread. So it's, you know, nice nice size. It's it's got seeds on it, and they put uh, cheese, salami, ham, um, you know, a few different types of cheese, and then it's topped off with an olive salad. Um, which it, it's really good. Um, you know, something you, you definitely have to try if you ever got down here. Um, mm -hmm. So, so that's a big seller for us. Um, we do like little, you know, table breads for, you know, some of the fancier restaurants. Um, you know, we make a uh, hamburger buns, um, you know, but 90% of our sales are the, you know, the, the poor boy bread, you know, sure. so that's, that's really the big seller. Um, so, you know, I mean, we, we don't have a large, you know, variety of, of different options for you, but mm -hmm. most places down here, you know, they, they all sell, you know, either a po' boy, a muffalata or a hamburger. So, you know, we cover, cover the basics for everybody. Right. No, it seems like, uh, <laughs> somewhere in between, you know, and, and like with a poor boy, with the poor boy bread, I'm sure you could put a lot of different stuff on there. Just a lot of different ways you can customize that. So yeah, I'm sure you're covering all those bases for sure. Yeah. It, it's another thing is, um, talking with, with, with the, um, the, the baker who went out of business a couple of years ago, he re, he had told me one of his, 
biggest regrets was he offered too many different options. Mm. And, you know, constantly, you know, when you're in production and you constantly have to like change the machine from one side to the next and go give a different screen, you know, it slows you down and, sure. um, you know, it, it makes sense. And, and my, my father has told me that he's like, don't, don't expand it too much to where, you know, you're making so many different things, but not a lot of them. And, you know, mm-hmm. I've, I've kind of always, you know, kept that in mind. So, you know, keep it, keep it simple, keep it with, you know, the majority of the people want and, you know, things, things run well that way. Yeah, that's interesting. I, and it almost seems counterintuitive, right? I wouldn't think that that's the path forward. That's the path to success there, but it, it makes a lot of sense. You know, it can take, it can take a lot out of you if you're constantly having to change and change the equipment and <laughs> temperatures or, you know, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, it, 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 Again, like you said, maybe it doesn't sound like, you know, a good business model, but in this industry, it it, it is. And, and, you know, Leidenheimer is also the same way. He's very, you know, very few products to offer, but it's what people want. And, you know, like I said, there's there's a few Michael mom and pop bakeries that maybe can fill in that need for like those little specialty things that we don't make, but, mm-hmm. we'll, you know. It's it's a it's a good thing, you know. Once once you start rolling on one item, you know you want to keep going on it for a while. You don't want to have to, you know, make a little bit and stop and make a little bit of something else. It's just inefficient at the end of the day. Right, right. So, what makes the bread at Jindusa so special? When I was doing my research for my uh, last episode about the po' boy, uh, it talked about something about. New Orleans being below sea level and how it just, it does something to the bread. Is there any truth to any of that? Am I even in the ballpark with, with that idea there? Yeah. So, so one aspect of the the bakery business in New Orleans, again, I've never tried this anywhere else is, is the weather. I mean, we're constantly, you have to change your whole like way you, you make bread from day to day sometimes down here like i mean right now is a great example yesterday it was hot and humid in the morning and by midday it was you know it dropped down to like 60 degrees so you know you had to change everything up um you know the amount of ice you put in the dough the amount of yeast you put in the dough the amount of water you put in the dough um so yeah the weather down here definitely plays a huge part in that um most people say it's the water uh, maybe I don't know. Maybe there's something in it that we don't really want to know what it is. That makes, <laughs> you know, in the water. But, Secret um, sauce. <laughs> a, a, a quick, you know, story to to you know prove that is um, a, a while. I, mean, I might not have been, you know, four or five years old, but a bakery in Houston contracted my dad out um, to come there because they wanted you know, New Orleans French bread. Mm-hmm. And they they bought the same oven we had, the same mixer we had, the same machine we had. I mean, they basically copied Jandusa Bakery in New Orleans and just put it in a building in Houston. Mm-hmm. And my dad went there with one of his good bakers and they tried for about 10 days and they just could not make a, they could not replicate the bread. I mean, everything, the flour was the same, the ingredients. The only thing that was different was the weather and the water. And so 
you know, we, we, we all believe there's some truth to that, which, you know, definitely makes, makes it a unique product just, you know, to, to South Louisiana. Right. Yeah. I'm, you, you hear the same thing in New York with bagels, right? There's something about New York that mm-hmm. just makes them better. And it, it makes sense. I, I, I was hoping you would get into that story there. Cause I, I know that's one I came across, um, you know, with Houston, but, uh, it just shows that you have something truly unique in New Orleans. And if you want to experience it, you have to get there. Oh, no question. I mean, you, you, you have to, and even, I mean, even now, you know, you can get a frozen, you know, po' boy bread from Cisco and like, you know, Kansas City or, you know, Las Vegas. But, you know, it's it's not the same as if you're in New Orleans and it's fresh and it's, mm-hmm. you know, right out the oven. Um, no, I mean, it's, it's really a unique experience to, to our region. And it's, it, you know, one with most people when they when they try they're you know, pretty impressed with. So I know when we were trying to set this up, we were doing a lot of back and forth. We had Hurricane Delta coming through. You wanted to wait and see what was going to happen there. As I was reading on your website, it mentions uh, Hurricane Katrina and what that did to you guys. How mm-hmm. have you guys been able to overcome adversity from, you know, talking about the weather in New Orleans, you guys get crazy weather, you get big hurricanes that come through how does that impact the business and how do you guys work through that? It's so, I mean, you know, that's one of the few aspects of this business I can't control, you know, is the weather. It's, it's, it's kind of, you know, it, it gotcha. Um, but I guess living down here, is something you just learn to live with, you know, um, you know, from, you know, three, four months out of the year, you just say your prayers and, you know, hope nothing bad happens. Um, Unfortunately, you know, we did get it, you know, when it's, it's been 14 years now, um, since Katrina and, you know, I mean, that wiped, you know, wiped us out, wiped the city out. Um, it was trying times for everybody. Um, we actually initially were not going to, you know, rebuild the bakery. Um, mm-hmm. you know, it was, but you know, I had, you know, my parents are in Florida. I was in, you know, Baton Rouge up in, you know, northern, a little north from New Orleans. And uh, just being away from the city and, you know, the bakery in itself, after a couple months, you know, you know, my father and I both were like, let's, let's start, you know, piddling around and, you know, seeing what's going on. And, you know, so we, you know, cleaned it out. You know, we had a few employees that were down here. So they came and helped us clean the bakery and, you know, tearing machines down and getting them out. And, you know, eventually, you know, we were back in full swing, you know, fixing stuff and putting stuff back together and getting new equipment in. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what, what really helped us keep moving during that time was people would stop by and say, you know, ask us, oh, are y'all rebuilding? And, and when we tell them yes, they would, they'd be like, oh, you know, we, we need – places like y'all to come back you know you're you're such a staple of new orleans history and you know we need y'all back and and just hearing things like that you know just gave you that motivation to just keep moving um even though it was a long road um you know just you know hearing people cheering for us and rooting for us really really helped us you know keep going through hard times and that's kind of how the people down here are you know we're all 
we're all there for each other. Yeah. So that was, that was nice. No, I was going to say, I just think that's incredible. I think, um, when you think of how close New Orleans was to losing a, a staple, something that has really shaped the food scene in some ways in New Orleans, Jindusa Bakery, and you know, happy you guys were able to to pull through that. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, obviously hindsight's twenty twenty, but it was you know definitely a very good decision that we made um, for sure. You know, but. As far as like preparations for like, you know, like when Delta was coming through, it's kind of, you know, it's the problem with, with our business is we make a one day product. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's hard to prepare like, you know, it's not like we can make a bunch of stuff and just shut down. Um, so I've kind of over the years, I just work until, you know, we just can't do it, you know, either it gets too dangerous for the guys to get here. The weather gets too bad. You know, we lose electricity because about six times just this year, we were supposed to be directly hit by a storm and, you know, people shut down, they shut the city down and, you know, you wake up to that morning and the sun's shining. It's a beautiful day and people are looking for bread because they want to open their restaurant. So Mm -hmm. it's definitely a, a last minute play it by ear type of deal. when when you're de- dealing with these hurricanes down here. Yeah. That's crazy. That's insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, we, you know, and look, thank God this year we got lucky. I, I feel terrible for all the other people. Cause you know, I've lived through it myself, but um, you know, it's, it's hard to say you're going to shut down next week as a storm. And then the thing ends up going a hundred miles the other way. Mm-hmm. So you gotta, gotta keep ready. Gotta be ready just in case. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, so if I come down to New Orleans, I'm able to try Jindusa bread at most of the places that do poor boys. I know you guys do a lot of wholesale, but if, if someone were to come by, are they able to buy directly from you guys and like a loaf or two, or is that something they just have to go to a restaurant and, and try it there? No, actually, we we don't actually have like a retail store, but the the people in the neighborhood know they walk by and you know we'll give them a loaf of bread and they can usually smell it when it's coming out the oven. So they um they have pretty good timing of get get that you know nice hot fresh bread. But um sure you know you know the, the, and there's not a question of if we we need to get you down here between you know this and your last um. Po' boy story, you know, you need to you need to come uh, dive in and, and get you one. Absolutely, no, it's it's definitely it's on the list for sure, for sure. That's good. Yeah, I mean, um, we we couldn't uh, could have get you, gotten you a po' boy before this, so you you had that that experience. You know, you really really could have known what you were, you know, missing. You know, you don't know what you're missing now. Yeah, <laughs> no. I always love doing these interviews. I love learning about the uh the food history and and this was a, a a special one to to read about it and then learn even more uh f- direct from the source i love it yeah no i mean look happy to to help and it, you know I, I like you know sharing the story it's um actually it's a pretty pretty cool story and you know it's something i enjoy doing and you know i enjoy you know others enjoy what i do which which makes it you know, all worthwhile at the end of the day. Yeah. I, I love that. I love that. 
So for someone listening to this, how can they find out more about you guys? Visit the website. It has a good, you know, background on us. And, you know, if they're interested in the product, you know, a way to get in touch with us. Um, we have a Facebook page that, you know, we put stories on and, you know, things like this. If, mm-hmm. you know, if it's able to be shared on social media, you know, just to keep people, you know, involved in what's going on over here. You know, so that, that's about the two ways on social media for, for us. Awesome, man. Well, uh, appreciate you giving me the opportunity. Again, special thanks to Jason for taking the time to come on the show today. There are a few elements of the show that are going to stick with me for a long time. When Katrina hit, many iconic businesses in the New Orleans area vanished overnight. We were so close to losing Jindusa Bakery. I think everyone's happy to see the grit and resilience that Jason and his team had in rebuilding their business. Next time here in New Orleans, make sure you go to a restaurant that serves Jindusa's bread. I made sure to link in the show notes their Facebook page as well as their website. And on their website, it does talk about specific restaurants in the New Orleans area that serve their bread and their products. So make sure you check that out next time you're in New Orleans. If you are new to the show, make sure you follow me on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Toasty Kettle. You can also find recipes and show notes at ToastyKettle.com. Until next week. Mm -hmm.